Well, good morning. My name is Dwayne Spearman. Welcome to Directional Bible Ministries, a teaching ministry that is called to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery. Uh, today is June the 7th, and we still find ourselves in the book of Ephesians. I have been in this book forever. <laughs> um, still, you know, got a lot of other things going on, but uh, just recently went through uh, Romans 11 again with a friend of mine. And there is just so much confusion when it comes to Romans chapter number 11, which I have a study up on that uh, that you can check out. Uh, let's see, that study, where is that study? Let me see, I'll show it to you real quick. Um, you know, everything we put up is on Rumble, but if you go to the website, uh, DwayneSpearman.org, topicals, uh, let's see, it's the Church of Israel, water baptism, the Word of God, the Acts transition, New Covenant, dispensationalism, there it is, rightly dividing Romans 11. Um, don't know how I ended up clicking that. I guess it's it's grabbing that Romans 11 link, but, but here it is. And uh, we go through Romans 11, rightly dividing that. So much confusion regarding Romans 11. People see um, you know, the bride of Christ in there, the church. The church is not in Romans 11. So um, it is Gentiles that uh, Paul is talking to. Um, <clears throat> so past, present, and future. Nine is past, ten is present. And 11 is all about the future salvation of the nation of Israel. You know, Romans is not that difficult of a book. Uh, 1 through 8 is doctrinal, and 9 through 11 is parenthetical. What about Israel? What about the Jews? You know, past, present, future salvation. And then 10 through the end of the book is application, you know. Uh, so, but anyway, been studying that you know, with a friend of mine and uh, just kind of making sure that understand that. Um, somebody asked me the other day if um, my theology had changed because uh, they asked me if they could get a copy of an old Daniel study that I had done years ago. I mean, if I had to teach it again, for sure, you know, especially, you know, Daniel's 70th week. Uh, my comments regarding that 70th week will probably be a little different. Um, but, uh, you know, like I told him, fundamentally, no. Fundamentals, no. Um, it hasn't changed. But how I view um, the Pauline mystery has definitely changed the way I see the New Testament. And I don't see the church in the Old Testament, you know, the body of Christ. So, so it has changed a little bit, but uh, anyway, just an interesting thought as he asked me that, I began to think about how, how I should answer that. But uh, anyway, last time we were together, we um, we actually got down to verse number 21 of Ephesians chapter number 4. So today we're going to pick up in uh, Ephesians 4.22. Let's back up just a little bit for context and look in verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles in the vanity or the inutility of their minds, 
and obviously he's talking to Gentiles because he says other Gentiles, having the understanding dark and being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because the blindness of their hearts, who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness um, to work uncleanliness with greediness, but ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. That's where we ended up the other day. He is comparing those who are vain in their thinking with those who have learned Christ. Uh, the NIV says it come to know Christ that way. In other words, he's speaking to those who have heard him, have been taught by him. Um, in other words, you don't walk that way anymore because you know better. And, you know, this happens today, you know, through the word of God. Everything I know about the living word is found in the written word. Uh, as such, we know that truth is in Jesus. Truth is in him. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me, Jesus said. So today, New Territory, verse number 22, that you put off concerning, now the fact that that uh, you can see there that this sentence, it's a, it's a thought, if so be ye that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in him that ye put off. In other words, now that you've learned Christ, you need to put off the former conversation, the old man, which is a corrupt, which is corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So his point is that the believer who has learned Christ, heard Christ, been taught by Christ, and come to the understanding that truth is only found in him, should live differently and not according to their own deceitful lusts. Um, and, of course, that's the same lust that John mentions in 1 John. Uh, love not the world, neither things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, there's three things. There's the lust of the flesh. I, used, I call them the three Ps. I was taught to view them that way. The lust of the flesh is, is passions. And the lust of the eyes, which is possessions, and the pride of life, which is position, is not of the Father, but it is of the world, and the world, it's passing away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So, lust, notice that lust are deceitful. Why? Because they cause us to do things that we otherwise would not do. Lust will drive us into places where we never thought we would go. His point is that we should not live like that because we're not controlled by the flesh anymore. We're controlled by the spirit. Walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Um, so we should not live like we used to because we are armed with this newfound knowledge of Christ um, instead, we are to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Notice that, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. 
Why? Because the former was corrupt. Um, that word renewed means renovated, reformed. Um, reformed is not a bad word. There's a little R in front of it. <laughs> but he says, this is why we should be doing these things, because we've been reformed, we've been renewed, we've been renovated. You know, Paul spoke to this in 2 Corinthians 4, 16, for which cause we faint not, grow weary, but though our outward man is perishing, and the older you get, the more you realize that, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. In other words, the spiritual man should continue to grow. Uh, in Colossians 3, 10, he says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Uh, so our new man, in other words, we, the body of Christ, we are the new man. We are the new creation uh, in Christ. And that new man, that new creation needs to be renewed in the spirit. And as we are renewed in the spirit, we're going to put off the way we used to live, that word, the former conversation, our former way of life, that old man, that that man that was corrupt and, and it lived by the motivations of the flesh. And that's how a natural man lives. Uh, he doesn't think of the things of the spirit. He he behaves, he, he moves, his decisions is based upon his carnal lust because he has carnal knowledge it's it's what moves him it's what drives him we shouldn't be surprised when heathens act like heathens <laughs> of course they act like heathens they're heathens <laughs> they are spiritually discerned paul said they don't behave um like uh spiritual men because they are fleshly they are earthly they are sensual they are motivated by their senses uh, what they can see, what they can hear, what they can touch, what they can taste. It's how they move because they, they, they're, they're not connected spiritually with God. So they're going to behave like wicked men. Uh, and then he says in verse 24, and, you know, again, this is an ongoing thought, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. I can't help but notice that the renewing, you know, the renovation, the restoration, and the putting on of the new man requires action on our part. Uh, I have found that nothing in this walk happens by chance, happens by osmosis. <laughs> I mean, you're, you know, uh, Osmosis is the process of gradual, unconscious assimilation of ideas and knowledge. It doesn't happen that way. Now, now I do think that the more we are exposed to the truth, the more um, knowledge we have, even if it's unconscious. You know, that's why, you know, these people that say, well, I'm not going to indoctrinate my child. I'm going to let him decide when he's older. You're an idiot, Okay. You need to be exposing your child to the truth. You need to have your child. What you expose your child to is what he will become. Um, 
you know, what they're, what we're surrounded by is what we're going to become comfortable with, you know, if it's healthy, with, even if it's unhealthy. Um, um, so our walks with the Lord uh, does not happen by chance. Uh, it is ha- It happens by what we're exposed to. It happens by um, who we hang out with, what we do, what's going on between our ears. Uh, it must be acted upon or predetermined. We have to decide this is what we want. We need to put on the new man. Um, literally pick it up, put it on, choose to wear it, which is after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Righteousness means to be right with God. We need to strive to be right with God in all that we do and all that we say, all our, our relationships, and true holiness. Holiness means to be consecrated, to be set apart. There is a decision to be made there. You know, and, and I'm going to be honest with you, Christians really stink at this especially Americanized, shallow Christianity. Um, I, I'm just amazed how the devil and his minions uh, can just vote lockstep, do things lockstep, but hurting conservatives, Christians, in any direction is like sticking cats in a bag. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, they they never go the right direction. They never go the same uh, direction. Um, I mean, they just, they're not of one mind at all. You know, I mean, you can't even keep them, you know, I mean, I mean, the woke crowd will boycott something and literally, literally drive them to their knees. Um, conservative slash Christians, they're not the same thing, but most Christians do are conservative. I mean, you can't get them, you know, to 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 agree not to buy one thing, to agree not to visit one place. Um, I mean, it's all over their Facebook pages. I mean, just anyway, I don't know why I got off in, into that. I guess there's just so much going on now. And it's just tragic to watch the world, how they can just lock ranks and force their will on the rest of us, while people who are supposedly Christians, you know, just you can't get them going the same direction. It's just anyway, (laughs) that's another sermon for another day. And then notice in verse number 25, wherefore, Uh, wherefore means in lieu of the aforementioned, he says, um, wherefore, put away lying. Stop lying, (laughs) okay? Speak truth to each other with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So having put on that new man, uh, we need to put away lying. We need to speak the truth. Why? Because we are members of one another now. And to be honest, I do not see a lot of the latter today, I spelled that wrong, the latter today. And when I say the latter, I'm talking about speaking the truth with his neighbor. I don't see that. We, we just, you know, you know, if you love somebody, you'll, you'll risk the relationship. 
you know, you'll you'll say things that might imperil the relationship because you love them. And we're just we're just not very good at that, brethren. <laughs> I mean, we are not very good at looking at a fellow believer and holding them accountable. Oh, don't judge me. How about you not using that verse out of context for once in your life? Um, uh, I can look into your life and see inconsistencies. And if I love you, I'm going to speak the truth to you because I love you. Can you imagine where we'd be today if we were just honest with each other? Uh, how, how, how much healthier our churches would be if we would just turn around and go, you know what? You you probably shouldn't be doing that, you know? <laughs> but we don't do that today at all. We just do not hold each other accountable anymore. Um, I think our culture in the United States is very individualistic. We just all kind of go our own way, and we're very proud of that. In many ways, that has caused us to achieve a lot of greatness. But I think our downfall is that we're not collective at all in our thinking. Uh, we're so individualistic, um, it, it's made us selfish. Um, we don't think of the collective. You know, I, I just don't see a lot of speaking of the truth going on um, in our our personal relationships. I don't see it in our churches. You know, you, you know, and, and, and in many ways, I think it's just because the church is so unhealthy today. I mean, you go into church and the, there's a bunch of gray hairs in there. Or you go into a church and there's just a bunch of kids in there. Neither one of those are healthy. Neither one of those are healthy. The young ones, you know, have no common sense. They have no life experience. They have no one to speak into their lives. They've got some 30-something pastor up there in the front. He's just as ignorant as they are, you know. Um, and then you go into an older church, a bunch of gray hairs. They have no one to feed into. They, they have no one to be a spiritual father, mother, too. A healthy church should be a combination of all different ages, all different races. You know, Sundays is the most, Sunday is the most segregated day in America. Black churches, white churches, Spanish churches, Filipino churches. I mean, our culture is more important, you know, than us being brothers and sisters in Christ. And I, and I understand that. I, I, I understand it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, it's just we're not speaking the truth to each other um, because we're so divided. If we were collective in our worship, when I go into the church in a church, the first thing I look for is the ages. Because if I walk in the church and the lights are off and everybody's got an iPhone in their hands or whatever, you know, I mean, I know they're all kids. They're all young people. The music's so loud, it absolutely hurts. <laughs> you know, then you walk into another church and, you know, it's just a bunch of old gray hairs. I mean, that is not a healthy church, in my opinion, at all. You know, so I think that is one reason why this is not happening. Um, but and if it if it was a healthy thing, you would have older men speaking into younger men and older women speaking into younger women. You know, honey, you shouldn't be doing that, honey. This is you know, this is what happens when you're married, and this is how you raise children. And you know, I mean, 
we that's just not happening let alone rebuking and correcting one another it just but anyway wherefore putting away lying you know now that we you know what he's saying there is now that now that we uh have put on this new man we need to stop lying you know uh in other words we need to speak the truth to people and i don't think that put away lying necessarily means uh, you know, purposely coming to someone saying this is blue when it's gray. I think it's, we're just, you know, you can lie by not only commission, but omission. Just not speaking the whole truth. It's kind of like when someone's wearing something gaudy and ugly and you say, oh, you know, it, it, it's nice. No, it's not. It's hideous. <laughs> you know, omission, commission. We need to speak the truth with his neighbor. Why? Because we're members of one another. You know, when the hand is wearing something stupid, it makes the arm look stupid. Guilt by association. <laughs> and then those verse 26. Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down on your wrath, neither give place to the devil. This verse is not saying that we are not to be angry but to not let it lead us into sin by letting the sin, the sun go down on it. In other words, harboring that anger, which turns into bitterness, thereby giving place to the devil in our lives. Um, this verse follows verse 25. And what did verse 25 say? Wherefore, put away your lying. Speak every man truth to his neighbor because we're members of one another and don't be angry. I believe this verse is following 25, which spoke of speaking truth to every man because we're members of one another. And the point is that we are not to let our anger boil over and get worse. Instead, we should put away the lying, pretending like there's nothing wrong, and speak truth to people. That's what we need to do. Uh, risk the relationship. What you're doing is wrong. What you're doing is driving me nuts. What you're doing is not biblical. What you're doing is sin. You know, what you're doing is annoying me. What you're doing is, you know, if we did that, we just look at each other and go, okay, man, I'm sorry. You know, risk the relationship. Um, and then notice in verse number 28. Neither give place to the devil, verse number 27. Let him that stole steal no more. You know, we're remember Ephesians uh, 1 through 3 is doctrinal. Now we're in the practical part of the epistle. Let him that steal steal no more. But rather let him labor working with his hands the thing which is good that he may have may may have to give to him may have to him may have to give to him that needeth so paul uses the example of thievery to make his point about the chains that should have taken place in the believer uh, this is encouraged so that it can be extended to others in other words if you were a thief Stop stealing. Instead, work for what you get 
Okay, work for what you get so that you can share with others is what he's saying. (laughs) So, uh, again, the context is the body. You remember he said back in verse number 16, the body, the whole body that is fitly joined together and compacted, that means held together by that which every joint supplieth. And here he's saying that ye may give to him that needeth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase to the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we're still context, context, context. Context will absolutely destroy your theology. I put up something the other day. I can do all things with a verse taken out of context. Man, I hear so many Christians quote verses that absolutely have nothing to do with this dispensation of grace, has nothing to do with the body of Christ. Um, I mean, it's just, anyway. (laughs) So he says, now that you're in this new relationship, you put on this new man, you've stopped lying to each other, you've started speaking the truth in each other, you know, stop doing what the old man used to do, but rather labor with your hands for that which is good so that you can supply the rest. You know, some people are an absolute drag on the body of Christ, bring nothing to the table, (laughs) and you know who they are, but you need to be a blessing to the body of Christ. You need to bring something to the body of Christ you know, that will help it, that will supply it. And he says in verse uh, 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, fortifying, building up the body, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Another example is how we as believers should act. Again, these actions do not save us but they should be the byproduct of our salvation and our putting on that new man that he talked about in 424. Um, Our words to others should be fortifying. It should be building them up. It should not be destructive. And I know that this can be done if we are walking in the Spirit. Galatians 5.16 says, I this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and guess what? You will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You remember the passions, possessions, position? If you walk in the Spirit, your mind's not going that way. You can't walk in the Spirit and go that way at the same time. You choose which way you want to go. Every decision you make, is, is a choice that's going to take you one way or the other. Um, so our words should be building each other up and not destructive. And there is a, such a thing as constructive criticism. And I realize there is destructive criticism. But there's nothing wrong with constructive criticism. The right time, the right place, in the right way. We can do that. Now, the wrong wrong place, wrong time, wrong way, even if you mean it to be (laughs) constructive, 
it will be taken as destructive because your timing stinks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so our words to others should be edifying, not destructive. Our words should be for the purpose of building each other up, never for the purpose of tearing one another down. And I know that this can be done, again, if we're walking in the Spirit, putting on the new man. And verse 30, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Um, verse one, uh, uh, Chapter 1, verse 13 speaks of this as well. Um, For ye have heard of my... Oh, I'm in Galatians. <laughs> Get over back in Ephesians. Ephesians 1, 13. In whom ye also trusted, after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after ye believed ye were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So now he's saying, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye were sealed until the day of redemption. Again, there is a sealing mentioned in Revelation 7 that protects the, the nation of Israel from physical harm. There is a sealing there. Um, but this sealing obviously is not necessarily to protect you from physical harm because it is a spiritual sealing and it speaks of eternal security. Um so he says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God, that same Holy Spirit that you, you know, that you trusted, that after you heard the word of the truth, that same spirit that sealed you, don't grieve him. And he is a him. He's not a force. He's not an it. The Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, whereby you are sealed until the day of redemption. In other words, we are eternally secure. Anybody that tells you you can lose your salvation is not rightly dividing the word of God, period. You cannot find that. You cannot justify that. No one is going to tell you. No one's going to show you proof from the Pauline epistles that you can lose your salvation. No one. Now, they will go to Hebrews, but Hebrews was written to the Hebrews. <laughs> It was not written to the body of Christ. When someone tells you you can lose your salvation, let me tell you what they're doing. They're not rightly dividing the word of truth. They're going to the Gospels and the Hebrew epistles. That's where they're going. Endure to the end so that you can be saved. You know, uh, if you should fall away, impossible to renew again without, you know, where are they getting all that? They're getting it from the Gospels and the Hebrew epistles. Paul never said you can lose your, your security, your salvation. You're, they're not rightly dividing the word of truth. I'm at 32 minutes, so I think I'm going to uh, close for today. Next time we pick up uh, more practical application from the Apostle Paul, we'll, talk, we'll pick up in verse number 31. So, um, Anyway, God bless you guys. It's been a privilege to be with you again today. Hope you have a great day. Remember, God loves you and wants the best for you. He's working all things out for our good.